Welcome back to the Act 2 Podcast, a podcast for the real-life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I am Josh Hallman. Josh, you have an E.T. I just noticed your E.T. stuffed animal behind you. Yeah, we've been talking I'm for so 10 minutes. I'm so envious. As a reminder, Act 2 is a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter, of which this podcast is just one of the many things we do. So thank you for joining us here. And many of you have asked, what other initiatives are there? You keep saying this at the top of your podcast. How can I be a part of them? Well, we have our Act 2 mentorship. Yeah. Where we have partnered with Coverfly. And they we pair their writers with Act 2 members who are professional writers. And I would say this is more of a career mentorship than it is a creative writing mentorship or a craft mentorship. But that depends on the relationship you build with your mentor. There's definitely been times where mentors have not minded asking to read uh, one of their mentees scripts and giving feedback if that's something that they want. But primarily it is about helping you take those first steps of your career with someone who has been there before, right? So you can ask all the questions you want about what do I do next? What should I be working on now? How do I move forward in my actual career? And that's something that an Act 2 mentor can help you with. And to be eligible for that, because we have partnered with Coverfly, you do need a profile on Coverfly and your script will need to place on their red list. So to get more information on that and what the red list even is and all of that, head to coverfly.com backslash career mentorship and you can start applying for that. Wow. I've never had a mentor, Tasha. I'll, I'll be your mentor if you'll be mine. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> That's what Goal Buddies is anyway. That, that is. Really. My mentors are <laughs> you and Dave Levinson. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Did I tell the story already that when I was out in the wild, I start talking about Dave and the person I was with goes, Dave, friend of the podcast. I was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You did bring that up. Yeah. I love it. Dave's famous. Dave's more than a friend of the podcast. We need Dave back on. So here's the thing. Halloween is coming up. Dave is an excellent horror writer. Mm. Dave should come on to break down some horror stuff for us, to talk about horror. Yeah, let's bring Dave on. Yeah, you know what? Tis the season. This is my favorite time of the year where we hit the the Halloween, moving into Thanksgiving, moving into Christmas. So we, we need to embrace October. It is here. Dave is coming on. And yeah, we'll talk about something. Uh, and, and if anyone has any suggestions about, you know, some horror film topics. Maybe we can break something down. We can talk about certain characters in certain movies. We can talk about why certain things work, why they don't. Yeah. Best jump scares. Who knows? Let's talk Amazing. about it. The world is our oyster. Yeah. Also, I wanted to mention, we're going to have our first public act two event for the first time because the pandemic threw some wrenches into all of that. It is a drinks with the said mentors we talked about before with other act two writers and maybe some special surprise guests. Who knows? That's happening in November, so keep listening for more details on that. I'm going to be there for sure. Your ankle will be healed by then? My ankle will be healed-ish by November. You may be on crutches, but you'll be there. What a crazy thought. I'm going to see if Jay-Z wants to come. Everyone can go talk. I'm gonna, this, we're going to blow it out. It's going to be great. It's going to be the best. All I right. can't wait. Okay, before we get started, yeah. do you want to do a quick spec check? Spec check. All right, Tasha. I'm not proud, but I pivoted from my feature spec a few weeks ago. I started to work on something with my wife. The reason being is because we both had this window of time. She's going to start ramping back up soon, hopefully when the 
the SAG strike comes to an end. And I was like, let's let's work on this. So we started to work on this pilot together. And then I broke my ankle. That kind of made a little little bump because I, I hit a like a little thing of depression. But then um, uh, I got back into it when I got settled. And the point of why I'm rambling about this is my spec check is I'm writing a pilot. I'm about into the first act of this pilot. And I'm planning on finishing it in the next few days. I love that. Holy cow. I said I one too many times. It's we, my wife and I. It's okay. I I yeah. heard it, but didn't stop you. It's okay. You want to know what's interesting is I was writing something. I was writing a page and I wrote something down and my wife just caught me. And she basically called me out for not being able to write a woman. And uh, oh shit. it's been... No one's really done that to me in real time. You've done it to me in notes. But as yeah. I was like writing it and then I tried to backtrack and I was like, ah, you know, just spitballing a few lines here. And and uh, so it's been an interesting process. <laughs> so I'm um, good for her. Wait like, for her to be on it. Yeah. She's like, yeah, that's not that's not right. It's not how we talk. That's not how this isn't right at all, Josh. So that's where I'm at with my pilot which I've become, which I know I need to get done. I'm like full steam ahead on this thing. That's okay. If you're going to be done in the next couple of days, then you can pivot back to your your feature while you're waiting for notes. Yes. Give us your spec check. My feature spec is in the same exact place it was the last time we checked in. Amazing. I've not had any time to really dive into it, unfortunately. I think I'm partly scared, to be honest. Scared? I'm afraid it's no good. And I'm afraid that... It's going to take so much work to make it good that it'll depress me because I want it to be good. What the hell are you talking about? It's great. I think part of it is there's pressure after the strike, which we're going to get into when we talk about self-care. Yeah. But there's pressure to have like this really great spec yeah. to sell. that, And it's for me, I haven't had a spec in a really long time, like years and years and years. And so this next spec feels like it has to be a definitive spec for me. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I don't know if this is definitive. I feel like all this extra pressure is being put on this spec for that reason. But I did finish my short story. I mentioned in our last spec check that um, I actually scheduled like five hours in my day last week to just write this short story. And I did. And I finished it. And I sent it to my manager, who, of course, wrote me back. was like, yeah, it's much improved. I have a few notes. <laughs> Um, but they are small, so hopefully they are actually small and we can just get fucking done with it, send it to my agents and try to get that out there as a kind of version of a spec, right? It yeah. could potentially get bought and then, you know, hired to adapt it. So that's that's where I'm at. Okay, that's great. I'm really excited about your short. Um, I think it's long overdue and I yeah. think something's going to happen with it and you're going to be like, whoa, I didn't know this I, would happen. And then, and then I'd be like... No shit, Tasha. I've been trying to get you to finish this thing for like a year. I looked back into my older documents for the short story. I've been working on it for five years. Wow. That doesn't make sense to me. No, me neither. That doesn't make any sense to me. But it is great. And I actually just recently saw that um, our boy Scott Glasgold and David Boxerbaum sold a short story kind of like directly come like this, this was the other day coming directly out of the... Um, Holy shit. Of course they did. <laughs> of course. So it just may, it reinforced this idea, though, that because the market is so difficult that a short story might be the best route, might be the best option. Yeah. Which is not what I want to think about right now when I'm writing specs, but... No. Write your spec, and then we'll talk about short stories. Yeah. Okay. Apologize if there's noise in the background, y'all. There's 
apparently furniture being moved <laughs> somewhere else in my house. There's a lot going on this morning. There's a lot going on today, which is a perfect segue into our actual topic, which is self-care as a writer. I think as writers, we've definitely been through a lot lately. The strike was incredibly disruptive to our lives, our careers, our mental health, our writing. I know a lot of people felt like, shit, I didn't finish my spec in time for the strike to be over. I have nothing ready to sell. I'm already behind. What have I been doing the last five months? Yeah. And I will tell you, I'm in a chat group with a bunch of showrunners, and all of them feel the same way. So do not worry. You are not alone. Even writers at the highest level were not spending their time writing their specs. In fact, small story, a friend of mine who I was on the picket lines with, who's now a showrunner but used to be a producer, said that when she was at a production company during the last strike, she was sure when the strike was over, they would just have a flood of new material. Like, no problem, we'll we'll weather this storm, we're going to get so many submissions when the strike is over. And they just didn't. Mm -hmm. It was insanely quiet because writers were so depressed during that strike that nobody was writing. So this strike is no different. You're okay. Just keep working. You'll be fine. Wow. Yeah, it's really difficult to write. During the strike, and we kept talking about this, and I think I talked about it a million times on the podcast, it was hard to get into the right headspace because you're like, what, what is going on with the industry? And even now, it's still kind of like, what is going on in the industry? And yeah. where what's the market? Everything's kind of... Uh, contracting and consolidating and it's scary and it's weird and it's really hard to write but but at least going back to the theme at least there's hope at least there there's always hope you can always find the light somewhere right <laughs> i believe that i do too. okay what are some of the things that you do joshua to self-care as a writer this is such a great topic because my ankle is broken you're going on a vacation. And that's why I think this this is this is the reason why we started to talk about this. But so bigger picture, the things that I do, exercise, meditation, mm. and and taking long walks are like my core to my writing self-care and my just self-care in general. Every day you do all three of those things? Well, currently I'm not doing two of those things. But yeah, that's that's what I try to do. It really depends because a lot of times you can send a script in, right? You send your short story to your manager. Your manager comes back. She gives you notes. And it could, if they were bad notes, it could put you in a death spiral for the rest yeah. of the day. And it really changes your thoughts sometimes about what you think about yourself and what you think about what you're doing and the project that you're working on. And it really, it, it destroys you. And so it's, it's really important to have self-care. For me, my self-care is just kind of taking a little break and 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 getting some form of exercise. To me, those During are the kind the of things that... Do you work out in the morning, in the afternoon, at night? Usually the morning or afternoon. It's been so long, I don't even remember. It's just like a week. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to keep <laughs> referencing this for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> but I know when you're in pain, it feels like forever. Yeah, I mean, I hurt my wrist, as we've talked about. I have tendinitis in my wrist my doctor was like can you not work that'll help it I was like no so I guess we'll just figure it out and then I hurt my back for a while as we talked about as well so like I've not been able to go to the gym in the mornings I've just been able to like walk on the treadmill yeah for a half hour or so before work starts because usually my mornings I already have like a 9 a.m meeting so 
you just have to be ready by then. So like I really only get a half hour of exercise in the morning if I'm lucky. Oftentimes in the last month or so, I haven't even been able to do that. But every time I do, I feel so much better. You're right. Like I 100% think that's a self-care thing to do, even if it's just go for a walk for a half hour before you start sitting at your computer and working for the day. I think it just starts you fresh. You want to make better choices. Your brain is clearer. I'm all about that. It's really crazy how your physical health directly relates to your like writing mental health. Yeah. Uh, pretty obvious, but it, not until you're going through it do you realize that you're like, oh, wow, I'm in pain. I don't want to write. Forget this. Yeah. I find that when I'm in pain and writing, there's no joy in it whatsoever. You're just like doing it because you have to. But that yeah. clear-headed version that exercised in the morning is like, I love writing. It's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. What what kind of things do you do? You have any go tos for your self care? Um. So currently, I am actively working on spending time with friends and family instead of just working the entire week. Wow. So, for example, yesterday we had scheduled ahead of time for a friend of ours to come over and watch The Golden Bachelor. Okay. This is the first episode of The Golden Bachelor because Paul is working on the marketing campaign for it. And um, we just thought we'd all sit down and watch it as friends and, and eat some dinner. I've just and... so many thoughts going through my head right now. <laughs> I don't even talk know, about I don't it. Even know what I... <laughs> <laughs> but that as the day came, like we scheduled this last week, but as the day came, I was getting so busy and so overwhelmed and I had so much work to do that like past Tasha would have been like, Goodbye, Katie. You can't come over. I'm sorry. We're not watching Golden Bachelor. We're not hanging out. I'm not going to see you. But current Tasha, because I'm actively working on this, said, yeah, absolutely come over. I will schedule around our time together. And while we're together in that block of two hours or whatever, I will be fully present in this moment and not thinking about work. And then afterwards, when you go home, I'll go back to my computer and I'll continue working. And that's what I did. No. And I didn't work too late, but it was great. And I feel like that's part of my self-care that I'm actively doing at the moment. Just to deconstruct this moment, because now I'm now I'm invested. <laughs> Did you tell Katie beforehand, hey, I've got a two-hour window to hang out with you. And then at nine o'clock, when the yeah. Golden Bachelor picks his contestant, you're going home. <laughs> no, but I'm sure she could tell by my attitude when she arrived <laughs> that she was on the clock. <laughs> But also, Katie is very much like me. Uh, like, she's very um, uh, introverted. Yeah. So as soon as The Bachelor ended, she was like, okay, I'm going home. <laughs> I was like, great. <laughs> I would love to. I would rather have you tell me not to come over if I knew that I was on some kind of like. You're in a block of yeah, time. <laughs> like, hey, I scheduled you for two hours. That's the best you're going to get right now. I don't know. <laughs> but listen, that's self-care. You're doing it. You're hanging out. I'm trying. You're trying. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing is just acknowledging the fact that you need to kind of decompress and that you need the self-care. There's something that a lot of people do, myself included, maybe you, but I, I do this often where I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then you just go, go, go until you hit that absolute breaking point that inevitably comes out where you take it out on people or you take it out on sure. someone or something and, and I do think just acknowledging, I feel like I sound like I'm like giving like an AA speech or something right now, but it sounds That's like just- That's what this episode's about, man. Yeah, you know, just acknowledging the fact that you need to slow down you need the self-care is a big deal or just doing that gut check and just saying, where am I? Am I good? What yeah. am I doing? Yeah. 
I think oftentimes writers tend to, and everybody does this, but just speaking to writers specifically, um, either think we have to do this in order to get things done because we always feel behind, right? Like that Scott Glasgow boxer bomb story that they just sold a short story right after the strike. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like a different Tasha, a different version of Tasha, that would have spiraled her. Because, mm-hmm. like, now I'm behind. How the fuck have they figured it out? And I haven't. Clearly, there's a system that I'm just not tapped into. Like, all these ways of how I'm not good enough start to come into my brain and how they have the secret sauce. But instead, I know that I'm working on so many things and I'm trying the best I can on all of those things that I just need to take it in stride. And it's okay to take breaks. Like, that's not going to make a difference in your success. And I think that's something I very much realized when I was working so hard on my shows. Like I was working 18 hours, hour days, like pretty commonly when I was writing for these shows and I wasn't seeing my husband. I was like kind of cranky all the time. And then I found when I took a break and like had dinner with him at the dinner table, it didn't make a difference in terms of like me getting stuff done on time. Yeah. So I think we think that it makes a difference and it really doesn't. Obviously, if you take days off, that's that's different. But if you take an hour or two here, it doesn't make as much different as you a difference as you think it does. Also, another piece of this is I think we think this is just who we are. I am just this manic person who has to go, go, go all the time. But I think if you do the things that Josh is talking about, the exercising, the meditation, which I still need to practice in my life, and you've been telling me for years to make it a practice and I haven't, but those things will start to slow you down, I think. And then you'll realize that that's just, that's not actually you. It's just what you've become. Yeah. (laughs) And I say that because I've known writers who have been like me, who like the 18 hour days and the schedule, schedule, schedule and meet, meet, meet. And there's just no downtime. And then they like kind of found themselves. <laughs> yeah. Something happened. There was a turning point or something in their life. Either there was a health scare or they went away for a holiday and saw the universe and they came back changed. And suddenly they're different people, but they're still getting all of their work done. <laughs> so that's who he is very inspiring. Yeah. I think it's also pretty common for creatives to think, or just if you're a writer, or just anything creating any in any department, you think like if you seek out help and if you do things for yourself help, that you're not going to be the same person who can create the things that you want to create. And it's going to almost oh, like, like it'll dull your ambition. Yeah. Like it patches mm-hmm. up all the great things about you that make you different. Yeah. I'm still undecided on that. <laughs> However, yeah, I mean, that's just the truth. But uh, I. <laughs> Terrible lesson. <laughs> I, but no, you know, I, I've talked to so many people who are like, I've been to therapy. I needed help on this. I. I'm losing mm. my mind over this, this, this. And I'm like, that's that's great. That's that's really great. And then, I, you know, they don't change. They still are writing and they still are writers and they still are writing the same thing, but they just have a new perspective. Whereas I think it's really easy to think like, if I cure my problem, I am not going to be the same person anymore mm. because my problem so, is what gives yes. me my so perspective. Like you're sort of saying that like that manic thing that some creatives have can be key to their creativity and like their voice yes i don't necessarily disagree with you but i don't know if i don't disagree with you only because there are so many examples of manic people who have succeeded yeah if they weren't manic that doesn't necessarily mean they wouldn't have also succeeded they just happen to have not done the work to not be manic yeah 
but like let's say you have a you know issue with your sister or your brother and this has been the lingering issue and the scripts that you write are about your sister or your brother and these relationships mm. and that's what you've been hired for because you're so good at writing family dynamic and this dysfunctional family that just works and works and works and sure. then it's eating at you as a person but then you go to therapy and all of a sudden you start solving all of your problems can you still write about this dynamic I mean, of course, you, I think you can because no, you course. just write about the trauma that happened. And I think you write better characters because now you know kind of how it ends. You know how to get through it. And you have some some more interesting perspective. I mean, yeah, I have trauma in my life. I've gotten through it. I feel like I could still write about it. So you but you cured your trauma. Yeah. All right. Well, guess my whole argument is just. <laughs> Maybe that's why I can't write a spec, though. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not currently in trauma. <laughs> if you've never gotten help, maybe your spec would be done. <laughs> uh, obviously, that's an extreme example. Get help if you need to talk to someone, obviously. but <laughs> I know it's interesting because when I was like a teenager and in college and I knew I wanted to be a writer, Hemingway was my favorite author. And all I saw was that like the key to success, it seemed like, for a lot of the authors that I loved and studied was alcoholism. <laughs> yeah. And so I, was, I remember like being actually depressed about this and thinking many hours about this in those teenage 20s years of like, <laughs> do I have to become a raging alcoholic yeah. to be a truly good writer? Is there something in there that I have to tap into? Like you're saying, like the trauma, the abuse, yeah. um, does it create a kind of um, enlightened... <laughs> Not in a positive way, but like, you know, a, a self sort of loathing, self thinking, self aware way that they seem to all be because they were alcoholics. Like, did I have to become that? And there was a time where I was like, let me try and like drink while I write. I oh, like, this yeah. is not, this is not me. Like, I can't, it makes me feel gross. Yeah. I can't do it. I just feel sick. So, you know, just find who you are. And the, the manicness is just, it wasn't, I don't think the manicness allowed Hemingway to write amazingly well. It was just a part of who he was. I think I, I, I think I, I went a little extreme in this topic, but I think the bigger picture or bigger point is just to allow yourself to cure yourself if you feel like you need help and like give yourself that runway to say, you know what? I need a little self-care in my writing. I'm stressing out. I need to take a break. And yeah. it's as opposed to just like trying to power through and thinking, you know, like trying to prove something to yourself. Like you don't yeah. need to do that. You just just make yourself feel better. I think a lesson where I learned, like started to learn that this was okay was when I started hearing other stories of, of showrunners who ended their day at like 4 p.m., 5 p.m. They, they took normal working days and they went home. And I was like, wait a second, why, how, how do they do that? You mean they don't work when they get home? No, yeah. they hang out with their family because this showrunner loves his family and he wants to go home to them and he wants everyone else to have their family because his view was that if you don't live a life... And you don't have things that you love outside of this writer's room. You're not going to bring your most creative self to this space. And I was like, oh, that's if other people can do it, then the people who are not doing it are simply not doing it because that's the choice they are making. It's not the only choice, if that makes sense. So then I started realizing there's another way for me to be successful and productive and get all of my work done that's not this manic 18-hour day. And so as soon as I realized that that was a possibility, I have started trying to adjust my life to make that a reality. It's slow going, but, yeah. I, but because I know that that's possible, I am trying to make it my reality. But like, for example, you mentioned I'm going on vacation. 
I can't wait. I'm going to Hawaii for our first year anniversary, but I am bringing my laptop. As you should. <laughs> I like don't really have any intention of working unless I'm really inspired by something I see there, but I am bringing my laptop in case there's some kind of emergency, but I am going to like set it to the side. I you actually you're going to love this. I used to bring my I I still bring my laptop on every vacation, but I used to like just kind of like get into the hotel room, pull it out and just have it like set on like a counter just so I it's like a like my security blanket. I just know yeah. it's there just in case. And over the last couple trips I've taken, I just leave it in my backpack. Oh, damn, that's progress. Yeah, baby steps. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it's that cuz I I operate in like this the world of if I'm not working, if I'm not writing, I'm falling behind. Yeah, me too. So I'm trying to work on that. If you can do it, anyone can do it. Can I just say that? I will. I should say that you, you brought up hanging out with friends and family. Yes, spending time with my family is a good. I have a little daughter. When I spend time with her, that is, that is you're, you're good. That's like, yeah. And he just kind of kicks you back into gear. Just yeah. a quick shout out. That would have felt bad. Yeah. <laughs> I love my family, by the way. Okay. I'm a big fan <laughs> of my family. <laughs> yeah, those are self-care things that we do. I don't know, as a writer, yeah. is there anything else? Oh, I, I want to mention one other thing. A writer friend of mine said that her process is, um, because she also has this thing where, oh my God, if I'm not working, I'm dying. Um, but she still takes weekends off. But on Sundays, she said she writes poetry or she writes prose. She writes something that's not work-related, in other words, just for herself, just for fun. If that's something you enjoy and maybe you haven't written poetry in a long time and you wish you could like maybe that's your break because i think you'll still feel like you've been productive and wow. you still sort of worked that muscle but you've also taken a break that's something you can do too that's great no, i love that and it's just important to acknowledge i feel like we need to just say you need self-care you this do is something like I, I feel like that's as important as figuring out ways to address self-care but just if you don't live your life how can you write about life you there don't you live it that's that's prolific, Tasha. That's the quote of the day. That's the quote of the day. That's it. A quick little burst of self-care, hope, and inspiration. Okay. Quote of the day. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you and Lamont. I like it. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act 2 Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha 3.0. I'm Joshua Hallman on Twitter, Josh Hallman on Instagram. And as always, the Act 2 podcast is a production of Act 2, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist. Mm -hmm.